Hello and welcome to the Global City Missions podcast, where we discuss contemporary issues in cross-cultural urban ministry. The podcast is hosted by Global City Mission Initiative. This is Seth Bouchel, GCMI's team leader in New York, and today we're going to be talking about prioritizing discovery in the discipleship process. I try as often as possible not to answer questions when I'm doing Bible studies. Uh, let me give you an example. I was studying scripture with this couple from Seoul, South Korea, and we would meet up once a week in Koreatown in, in lower Manhattan, and we're working through the Gospel of Mark. Uh, during our second week of the meeting, the girlfriend of the couple said to me this. She said, I can see now why Jesus is good news to poor people. Uh, I'm not poor. Why is he good news to me? Now, this is not a difficult question to answer, especially if you grew up you know, in the church pews, but by answering it, Directly, I would rob my friend of the ability to discover the answer for herself. And I might reinforce the idea that she depends on me to come to an understanding of scripture. So instead of answering her, I said, uh, that's a great question. Why don't you bring it up every week until we feel like we as a group find the answer in the Bible? My primary goal in facilitating uh, our Bible studies this way is to create an environment in which I am not the primary teacher or authority but scripture is uh, when I'm studying the Bible with uh, people for the first time, I really want to affirm ignorance and seeking and asking questions as positive qualities of a disciple. So instead of just answering every question, I might respond to something like, oh, yeah, that's a great question. Uh, what do you think? Or I might say, uh, let's just read it again and see if it's clear this time. Uh, other times I might take people with questions to another passage in scripture where they can find the answer for themselves. So, for example, if a parable is confusing, I might take the group to a similar parable in one of the other Gospels and ask if that makes the point clear. And again, the goal in all of this is to create a culture for those being discipled where they can begin to discover for themselves what Scripture teaches and learn to become self-feeding. And this is an inductive form of teaching which allows for and respects ignorance and empowers people to ask questions and be seekers, even from the position of facilitating the study themselves. From a strategic perspective, one of the reasons that we at GCMI want to prioritize discovery in the discipleship process is because we, as the missions catalyst, are modeling for those that we disciple that reading the Bible with others does not require that you be the source of all knowledge or be equipped to answer all the questions that are going to come your way uh, when you enter into Scripture. Because all of our groups end with these same two questions. At the end of our Bible studies, we say, okay, how are we going to put into practice what we read this week? And who are we going to share this with? And we ask these questions because we think that obedience to Scripture and sharing the good news with others are some of the most important metrics in the lives of the people we're working with. So from the very beginning of someone participating in our house churches, they are being asked to step out in faith and to put things into practice, uh, including evangelism. And I don't mean to suggest that we never teach anything or answer any questions, but we try to prioritize discovery as often as possible, especially in the early stages of discipling people. Because if we worked for the expectation that in order for new disciples to minister to others, they would first need to be experts or qualified teachers, then we're going to have to wait a long time into their own formation before we ever ask them to step out into ministry. And we're going to have to prioritize education at a much higher level than just spiritual formation. So let me come back to the story of my Korean friend. Uh, every week as we continued the Bible study, I would take a moment and ask, uh, hey, have you found the answer to your question yet? And after a few weeks went by, she, th she said that she had. 
and she explained it this way. She said, it seems like Jesus wants us to see that there's more than one kind of poverty. As she said, my family has money, but I think we're poor in other ways. And so I think this would be good news to my father. And that week she called her family back in Seoul and she shared the story with them. And about five months later, she moved back to Korea. And when she did, she gathered her family and began to study the Bible with them. And it had never occurred to her that just because she was a new disciple, that this was an obstacle to sharing the gospel with others or beginning to lead a Bible study of her own. And that's what we're trying to highlight as the power of a discovery-based approach to discipleship. Uh, it empowers new disciples to be disciple makers by putting them in a position where they can share and even lead others into scripture without needing to be experts or teachers themselves. And it isn't only in evangelism that prioritizing discovery can help us be more catalytic in seeing the kingdom break out in our cities and in our ministry. Uh, a couple of years ago, I began a Bible study with my friend Nathan. Uh, he was in one of the first house churches I started in the Bronx. And Nathan had just recently become interested in faith at the time. Uh, and our time together was the first opportunity he'd ever really had to read scripture. Um, a lot of people like Nathan that could be classified as sort of the post-Christian demographic they come from a background in which a lot is assumed about the Bible. And so when I work with this group, a lot of times I start uh, in reading the Sermon on the Mount in Jesus' words from Matthew 5 to 7, because I, I think the Sermon on the Mount tends to subvert people's expectations, uh, and it really never leaves anyone unchallenged in thinking about how we embody kingdom life. So this is where Nathan and I begin reading in this Bible study, uh, and we were just going section by section every time we would meet, and asking the normal discovery questions that we do in a Bible study. Things like, uh, what does this teach us about who God is? And what does this teach us about our lives? And so around the third week, uh, we got to Jesus' teaching on reconciliation uh, midway through Matthew 5. Um, the section talks about, you know, you've heard it said, don't murder. Uh, but I tell you, don't even be angry with your brother or sister. And if you're at the temple and you're offering your gift, leave it there and first go be reconciled. So this was the section we were reading through. And at this point, Nathan knew little more than a handful of Bible stories. So basically everything in Matthew 5 up at this point and almost nothing else. And so what he said surprised me next. Uh, when we got to our question about how we would put this into practice this week. He said, uh, I haven't spoken to my father in eight years. He said he recently got out of prison and I think I need to reestablish contact with him. And so that week after he left Bible study, Nathan called his dad uh, and spoke with him for the first time in almost a decade. And later that week, he called his sister and tried to encourage her to reach out to their father as well. And before coming back to house church the next week, he called several ex-girlfriends, including the mother of his daughter, and apologized for his treatment of them in previous relationships. And he sought out their forgiveness, and he explained the way in which uh, some of his own difficulties emerged from his past and family life, and he told him about his new faith and how it was uh, beginning to transform sort of his perspective on things. And so Nathan came back to house church next week and he told me about everything he'd done to try and put scripture into practice that week. And to be honest, I was relieved that he had not asked my permission or advice because Nathan clearly had more faith in Jesus than I did that week. Uh, I think if Nathan had explained his plan to me beforehand, to be perfectly confessional, I probably would have cautioned him to move more slowly. Uh, and I would have reminded him about how damaging some of those relationships had been and how dangerous it could be to rush back in. Um, and I probably would have pushed him to think 
more in terms of forgiveness than necessarily reestablishing relationship. And that's why it was good that he didn't ask my advice because it's people like Nathan that demonstrate why discovery is so essential to catalytic work, but also demonstrate why discipleship is so risky. When we allow others to step out in faith and try to discover for themselves the implications of the kingdom of God, uh, we allow them to walk in some really delicate and dangerous spaces and we allow them to enter into a space that they may try to do some things that blow up in their face. And when we ask people to put their faith into practice and to go and share what they're learning with others, we really can't protect them from some of the difficult challenges that are going to come their way. And we can't take responsibility for the outcome of their efforts either. But in the story of Nathan and in the story of my Korean friend, uh, I think that we see demonstrated the way that a discovery-based approach allows God to work in the lives of others and that when we take this approach to letting other people discover and really seek out and experiment for themselves with kingdom life, we leave a lot of room for God's spirit to lead them from outside the influence of our own instruction. And I think when we do that, God is going to bring about some really amazing fruit that we might not have seen come about if Everything was just flowing from our own resources as teachers and instructors. So I want to challenge you this week to reflect on how you might incorporate discovery into your own ministry relationships. And feel free to send us comments and questions about your own work. Uh, and thank you for joining us today on this episode of the Global City Missions podcast. Be sure to subscribe for more episodes, and you can find out more about GCMI on our website at www.globalcitymission.org or you can follow us on Facebook or Twitter.